skate or die. Psych up for five of the raddest skating events ever. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Sam. Guys, there's a saying in video gaming called EA Sports. It's in the game. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yes, it's an old adage. I'm not sure the, the, the origin. That's lost to time. That, that is lost to time. In fact, some say that that was said before video games, that uh, Electronic Arts actually just said, like, wow, that's such a familiar saying to us. We're just going to include it in our sports games. It's what kicked off the original Olympics in Greco-Roman time. Yeah, it's what's for dinner. Nice. Okay, we're all doing very good. We're all on hype levels here. And the reason I bring that up at all is because Skate or Die was Electronic Arts' first in-house game ever. Ever in a you know like the first developed by full time employees. All prior EA titles had been done by independent contractors. So this is this is the people that brought you Mass Effect, right? Uh, not really though, because they published that one too. But like you get the idea. They at one point they made the games. So wow, I didn't even realize this was Electronic Arts. Like I didn't it, even see that in the the little uh, footer down there. Well, you were expecting the E to come on to the left-hand side yeah, and then the yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't happen. No, but yeah, this is an EA game. Uh, the thing is, though, Sean, more likely the reason you didn't see it uh, on, the, on the game anywhere is because Konami did the, uh, did the porting here. So do we judge this as a EA game making a video game for the first time, or do we judge Konami because we love Konami games, or is it both of them are responsible? I guess Why this is both? a Konami game. I, I like Sam's idea. Why not both? Everyone should be held. In fact, Nintendo, right? They gave the seal of quality. We should always hold them responsible every episode. I don't think that means anything. The seal. <laughs> not, not yet. It doesn't We've mean been burned yet. too often. Yeah. It was on Deadly Towers, <laughs> the seal. So you're right. <laughs> there, there's always a chance for Nintendo to redeem themselves. I have usually a section for like the overview slash plot of the game and i think the back of the box did a great job of just psych up for five of the raddest skating events ever that's literally what you get it's five skating events five different kinds of skating events personally i've watched the x games and even i didn't know there were five different types of skating events sam you're our resident skateboarder you want to just like tell us what's going on in this game yeah so for the record i I learned how to ollie in seventh grade and that's about it um it's about the same for me but uh, so the, there's five different modes in this game, just like there are in real life from races, which is just how fast can you complete this course to freestyle on a half pipe to a high jump on a half pipe where you try and jump as high as you can uh, to a jam, a downhill jam where you are fighting with your feet and fists, other skaters. Um, and pool joust. And, and, oh, I was saving pool joust. Oh, I'm sorry. There's the, who can forget the classic backyard game pool joust, where if you look in the manual, it says that it was a, a heated pool that they took the water out of. I don't yeah, know why it heated. had to be heated. Yeah. But they specifically mentioned it's a heated pool, so you know it's nice. 
However, um, like, you know, not to interrupt here, but if you yeah. ever watch any episode of Rocket Power, you would assume that everybody's pools are, are always empty and that you can skate in them. Jousting is when you and your opponent square off and you each have five turns to go up and down either side of a pool uh, while holding one of those giant Q-tip jousters. And you have to try to knock over your opponent and then after five up and downs, you switch and then you try not to get knocked over. I And there's trash your- talk beforehand. I love your entire assessment there, uh, Sam, of the game, because I think you really laid out everything this game has to offer. There is just one thing, though. They could have been really lazy and done this, like, town and country surf designs, wacky water rage or whatever it's called. I came close. But they could have done it like that and just had, like, a menu where you select the five skateboarding Mm -hmm. events and then you just go right into them. But this one has, like, you start in a shop... And it has a bunch of, like, neat little it. Easter eggs. I, I love this. Yeah, this yeah. is my favorite select screen of any game we've had so far. And uh, then, you know, like, there's, like, a hub outside that mm-hmm. you have to skate to those events, right? So it's like you're on, like, a street, and you can skate over to the left to get to Pool Joust or, uh, you know, the northwest to get to um, whatever's in the northwest, you know? I know, you know, who am I to judge? The Northwest is just to go to. uh, That'll be that'll be. Oh, that's all. Yeah, that's just everything. Everything, Uh, right? No, my my favorite thing about uh, I I love I love this select screen. Um, The this is like I know that games like um, uh, uh, Castlevania Two had a had had a, a version of this, but to me, this is the first instance of flavor text I have seen in a game. Where it's just like you're just gonna mouse over because there's a cursor on this on the screen. You're just gonna like mouse over this thing in the background, and there's gonna be like, yeah, this is the official uh, jousting Q-tip of uh, of skateboarding, and just like, oh, this is really cool. And and then actually navigating a menu in the way that you navigate the game uh, was uh, it's just so unique so far in in how we've done it. So it's it's starting off on the right foot. Yeah, and one other thing, when you're in the skate shop and you have the little cursor and you hover over the guy who's working there's face, he's like, what are you looking at? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I think that guy, though, is pretty scary, right? Is he supposed yeah. to be... He's um, definitely an ex-Marine with PTSD. Okay, I think that's... Oh. Yeah. If you look at his tattoo, What's... he says Semper Fi. Uh, he seems pretty angry about it. Um, oh. I, I mean, no offense to any of our veterans uh but like just like how they have colored this guy's uh I mean, persona <laughs> what's scarier than the way our country treats our veterans so there you go tell me it's there been it said uh and then here's another thing too inside the shop you uh you register your name right and yeah. uh, you have to put your name in there and we've never really had a game handled like this where you register your name first and then it just gets applied to every event afterwards. Usually you have to like set the high score, then be asked, register your name and put the initials in all over again. Here you get to do it up front, but not just like as like a we'll save you the time thing, but because you can register up to eight people and technically you and seven friends can all play this game at once. You know, if you follow that logic of like everybody just stays to their assigned name. I'm I'm on board with that. 
I agree. Um, it, it is. It was interesting when I when I started reading the manual, um, which is a treat. Uh, if you ever <laughs> if you ever read through it, uh, there's a lot of lore. Um, but when I opened the manual and I was looking at like the stages of the game and I saw sign in and I'm like, are we playing like World of Warcraft? Are we playing any game as a service right now? It's like, no, you're playing an NES game from 1988. You have to sign in. Uh, I, I thought that that was bizarre, but it's basically just like, yeah, that's the high score table before you play anything. I think it's really cool because it, it makes it seem like you're signing up for a skate competition. Yeah. Yeah, and there is, uh, that's like the compete mode where you register your names and everything like that, but there is also a practice mode, and without getting into any of the events or anything, I just want to call out that if you spend enough time with this game, you'll actually find out that practice mode is is useless, am I right, guys? Like, it doesn't actually do anything different than the compete mode, and the worst thing that can happen in compete mode is that you just, your name doesn't go on the high score, but say you do something really good in practice mode, it will never count. So why not well, just always do compete? Don't you need to be playing with other people to play compete? I I didn't. Uh, I maybe so. I didn't have oh. other. Yeah, I always had computers. I okay. thought you had to have people registered to play with other people. Like you have to I register. See. Yeah, that makes name. sense. That makes sense. Uh, sorry, that was a dumb question. No, it's okay. So you probably played in practice mode the whole time, though. I played and in got- practice mode the whole time because when I read the manual, I thought the compete was basically like the competitive multiplayer mode so i played all the modes i just didn't get to save any progress i got good news for you though you you didn't do anything wrong we played the same exact game and that's why i'm saying like why even have the option like (laughs) it just seems strange well you don't have to sign in that's true practice mode signing in such a hassle even when they let you do it up front (laughs) doesn't even save your password sean you mentioned that the uh, the overworld hub, if you will, the hub, we'll call it because it's not really an overworld. The hub map when you leave the shop to go to those other places, it's it's definitely has a lot of style to it and it is thought out. But that is the moment for me where, in Sam's words, the the jank, you know, that's the moment I realize what kind of game we're playing. You know, I I go out, I exit the shop and I immediately enter it right again and I exit the shop. And I immediately enter it. I do not know how to steer on this skateboard okay. because I didn't look at the manual first. But I'm, I, and obviously I did learn eventually. I had to play this game. But I'm making a joke here because it's true that it took me three tries of entering and exiting <laughs> the shop before I was able to figure out like, oh, so the up arrow is actually the accelerate option on yeah. your skateboard. So I didn't have the issue where I kept re-entering the shop. Um, but it did take me a while to realize like how to move at all. Like I was able to like rotate, uh, which is a which is actually like a step forward in my book uh, from something like surf design, whatever rotter rage. Um, but no, I that that's what I'm. But what I what I mean to say here is that like Jank is definitely a spectrum, and uh, if we're gonna compare it to that previous game with uh, all the cool dudes and the monkey that could surf and skateboard this is not as jank but it definitely is jank the thing that bugs me the most about the jankiness of the controls is that each of the mini games has different controls and so spot on like the the race game for example you 
you have to hold A to turn, but that's not like that in any other one of the games. And you can't, like, accelerate while holding A because then you'll jump. And then, like, you duck when you hold down an A, but you can't speed up while you're holding A, so you have to get rid... It, it's just really bizarre the way that that one works. Yeah, I mean, like, you're pretty much having to relearn the game every single time mm-hmm. because... Even if you get used to the feel of skating in that hub, once you go to a mini game, it has a it has a little bit of a different logic to it, and so then you learn that. Then you come back out to the hub, and you're like, "Oh, right, right, kind of a little different. Got to figure this one out." Get to the next thing, and it's like you're drunk. Like you just have a whole nother way of playing this one now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just shocked that it was never like it could have been uniform, right? Like why can't the A button, something that you actually have to like press, be the like thing that lets you accelerate like that's the kick of the foot onto the concrete like well, that feels more natural to me than here's the what's up- funny about that is that you can tell that they were thinking about this because they have the uh you can choose between goofy and regular and goofy and regular is actually like a term mm-hmm. in skateboarding depending on like how you how your footing is on a skateboard. I think like goofy is like you push with your front foot and no, that's regular, whichever. <laughs> I don't fuck care. I thought goofy uh, was just that you're a lefty. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, thing. it's just that you're lefty. That's exactly what I meant to say. But like, so they're using they're using terms in skateboarding to sort of explain like, are you going to play this uh, as the directions are on your screen or as the directions are in relation to your character? Uh, I thought that, like, if they're going to use this, it's sort of to fix the issue of, uh, uh, like, keeping controls semi, uh, uh, semi straightforward throughout each mode. It doesn't end up doing that, but I feel like the inclusion of that select screen um, tells us that they were at least trying to solve that problem, but they didn't really. It didn't really work. I could agree with that. And, you know, I I do have a problem with inverted controls. I always need to, like, make sure that games that I play have a setting to uninvert the controls because that's just how I grew up and that's just what I'm used to. So that's, you know, that that's like, it's great that they gave an option for that, but it doesn't feel better for me either way. I did yeah. try both. And the problem that I had ultimately was just that I was wishing for, like, an actual redesign of how this game would control that that would still have to change because the events themselves, because their perspectives are different in certain scenarios of a doubt, like, I get it. The, the controls would have to change for each event regardless because it's a 2D game that's trying to simulate, like, some area of 3D depending on which event you choose. Yeah. But, but I need it to be a little more uniform because I, I ultimately, like, was having a really hard time switching in my brain between events specifically with those uh the downhill race and downhill jam too mm-hmm. like i just couldn't quite figure out speed versus control versus turning like well there's also a difference there are also weird differences in controls between modes of the same uh uh perspective like if you mm-hmm. do downhill jam i feel like that's the most straightforward of them like you get to choose whether you're going to go inverted or not and then your controls are relatively one to one for some for a game that has some kind of momentum in it. And then if you do the downhill race, you have the most sluggish version of those controls. You have to like start 
steering like a hundred meters prior to a turn. Like it just doesn't, there's no uniformity even between matches of the same, of of the same view, which is weird. Mm -hmm. So I think jam was the easiest to control to me. Uh, uh, race was definitely, no, no, no. Uh, the pool was the worst, but anyway, but it, you're right. 100%. The controls are just weird for all of them. For me, it was the, the high jump. I could not figure out how to heck, how the heck you're supposed to jump. I looked it up in the manual and it said to hold a direction and mash B. And so I would do that and I figure you have to hold the direction you're going to build up speed. And then it says when you build up enough speed, you can press A to jump. And I, I just couldn't jump. I don't, I don't know how you do it. Huh. Now, see, that's um, interesting because I, I was able to like, you know, spend enough time with each event to be able to actually do stuff in those events. I wouldn't say I was getting great scores or anything like that but i wanted to make mm-hmm. sure i could get that and i think that's the difference between skater die here and like something like winter games by uh epics mm-hmm. uh that remember that one had that ice skating game uh that like oh yeah we just none of us could even do anything like you'd hit the buttons and they just literally didn't work uh i still don't believe that that game was ever finished this yeah. one this one is finished it's just really hard to like wire your brain around all the different control methods so, mm-hmm. you know, I understand where you're coming from on the high jump thing. I think for me, that was the problem with the downhill races. Like, I, ha- I had that problem. And funny, Sean, that you mentioned pool joust, because that was simple enough that it was the one that I actually found to be the most fun. That one was simple, but I feel like yeah. I could never hit the guy. I would go, like, in, like, just, I feel like my hitbox, or my hurtbox was, yeah, like, non-existent. Huge. And well, my uh, my hitbox, I guess, was non-existent against the other guy. Like, my hits did nothing. I would go right in by the guy, and nothing would happen. And then he would come from whatever angle that's hard yeah, to yeah, tell. Yeah, the first run. Yeah. So Winter Games to me felt like a game of quick time events without any of the props. Like there was only one way to be to to complete that game, especially the ice skating portion. Which was just like you have to do it, do this sequence of inputs, or you fail. Um, whereas, uh, to its credit, this game seems to actually be like you can perform in any number of ways, and you may still do well in a completely different way than another player might do well. If that makes any sense, like you can, like you're playing a game instead of inputting a specific sequence of button presses. Uh, in winter games but what i will say uh about um the high jump is i had the same issue so i started using the turbo i was able to get a high jump if i was turboing i was just holding down that button that you have to tap down i was able to do a high jump but like if i was physically pressing the button like as fast as i could uh i couldn't get any air regardless so i'm sort of in sam's boat on that uh in that sense um but i also agree with sam on the uh the pool portion as well sure and and i think the the problem with the pool one comes down to the fact that you you pretty much have to and maybe this is the way that it's supposed to be because like i don't i really don't know how many more options they would have but you have to make your decision on where you're going to go in the pool before you ever see where your opponent is going to go so it kind of comes down to like rock, paper, scissors, right? Where you really only have the choice between 
you know, the left side of the pool, the center and the right side. You can't change that course when you're actually like in the pool enough to make it matter. Yeah. You have a very small amount of input. So you're, you're essentially playing a game of chicken rather than joust, you know, because you have to say like, okay, I don't think he's going to go here. So I'm going to go on that side. And you know, that could be fun. If you're playing with another person, it's not as rewarding when you're playing with computer because you, you feel like they know your inputs, you know, yeah, like they that, do. and they probably do. Yeah, you're right. But I'm just saying like, it's not, it doesn't feel as good that way. Uh, it's just, I felt like it was a game that I could play, you know, uh, it, that's the, that's what I'm looking for in skate or die right now is which modes can I actually like spend some time in and feel like they're working and use them. And pool joust was one of those, uh, freestyle was another one though i enjoyed the freestyle freestyle was the best version of this game because mm-hmm. it almost felt like like a 2d game boy version of tony hawk uh because like you did have different moves that you could do depending on your input um obviously it's just like the half pipe but um it it actually it, it felt much more like a trick doing game uh, unlike previous versions of skateboarding that we've played, which is just like, just stay on the skateboard. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that they associate like skateboarding with obstacle courses, though, right? That's yeah. never, not, I'm like not skiing. calling out this game specifically. Because as somebody that was introduced to skateboarding uh, through the Tony Hawk games, like that, that is the version of the sport that I know. Like there are a very, uh, familiar moves like uh, like stalls and grinds and spinning in the air that you have to make sure that you stop spinning when you're like uh, perpendicular with the actual vert ramp like that was the closest thing that I knew so I enjoyed that the most I know that you only had like 10 trips up and down so that kind of sucked uh, but I guess like there really isn't all that much to do, but again, it's, it just felt the, it, it just felt the best to me. Like there, there is a good, a, there's a good amount of momentum. Like when you're finally in that mode, uh, that makes the game have that, have that, like have that feel of you're actually freestyling. So I mean, that's what I liked about it. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, you know, that mode to me i have almost no complaints about i think i can't imagine how else you would handle a freestyle on the nes you know like i'm not not adding any additional hardware anything like that i feel like this got that right and the only thing i would want because i always do this to games i'm not saying it's a valid complaint is just a little more forgivingness from the game on on like how you land on the half pipe because you you know you have to for in order for it to land sometimes you have to be like very um i don't want to say perfect but like per- perpendicular to yeah. the to the actual um half pipe itself and i feel like you know you could be a little bit to the left or right and yeah. still like that land that be landing mm-hmm. yeah you know i feel like you could get away with that yeah so I, that's what i would it, ask for i think part of it is the way that they um the way that they uh designed the way that you spin it's like you 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 start pressing a directional button and that that that's like you decide what direction you're going to spin but then you have to like press a to stop you know you stop in the middle of the air and it's not like you stop holding down the the spinning button 
So it's definitely very unintuitive, but uh, I, I think that kind of contributed to how sloppy we were because I definitely fell down a lot too. Um, but this is, yeah, this is the only part of the game where it felt like skateboarding to me. The rest were just like weird, like they were just weird. Um, mini games. Uh, mini games that were not the sport. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys don't joust? I mean, I know that there is a there is a high jump, and it kind of works the same way that it did in this game, at least from the X games that I've seen. But the rest is, yeah, I haven't seen jousting. You don't joust uh, and then trade off? <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't seen that in the X games. The thing for the freestyle that bugged me, there were two things. One was on the left side, how there's that little ramp that takes you into it. That I think if yeah. you if you touch that, then you fall automatically. If you try and like do a certain tr- kind of trick on that, you'll just fall, uh, which I think is really annoying because there's not a lot of space on that side in that case. Yeah. Uh, and also grinding. If you grind too close to the edge, then you'll just immediately fall anyway. That's true. Um, and I felt like that could have been more forgiving. Like it could have, if you go to the edge, I feel like it should have just let you come back in, you know, instead of just fall at the edge. That's just I me. agree. Yeah. Do you do you think you should have been able to like earn something in the compete mode that would that like you know for performing well in this game that you could then like go back to the shop and purchase like a new color for your board or hairstyles or something like I know that that's silly but well, like if a you have a video sure yeah <laughs> an NES drawn <laughs> Bales video I like that or just um, a trophy. A trophy, yeah. yeah, or even the things that he has in the shop already, right? Mm-hmm. Like it'd be a nice touch. I, it doesn't break the game for me at all, but it's something I thought about. Where I was like, "Well, it's weird. You're, you have a shop, but all you do there is really like register and get mm-hmm. some cute Easter eggs." Like, all right, or if the guy says that's something fine. different, I think that'd be cool. The guy's like, "All right, you're okay." Yeah, 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 if you score like really well, yeah. Yeah, it seems like the long-term enjoyment of this game depends on if you have anybody to play against. And um, if they're both able to play it, though, too, Sean. Like, yeah, think about yeah. it. If, you're just, if, you're, if your friend comes over and he doesn't own Skate or Die at his house, you're spending a lot of time teaching him how to play the freaking game first. Or you're just spending a lot of time whooping his ass. <laughs> yeah, and give him the Mad Cats controller while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, one thing, musings from the manual here, because you mentioned that the manual is a trip. I like this line that says, if you like Skate or Die, drop us a line and we'll see that the nurses read it to the developers. Oh, I didn't read that part. The nurses? (laughs) I guess they're saying that they're insane, you know, like, (laughs) like a bunch of crazy people made this video game, dude. I, I, so... 
I mean, I loved uh, that. That's great. But I love the um, all, all the story stuff is like almost standard fare for an NES manual. But uh, what what really let me know that whoever's writing this is in on the joke was the description of like the regular and goofy uh, uh, control schemes. It's just like, yeah, this is this and this is that. And if that makes absolutely no sense to you, please look at the chart below. And I'm like, okay. This guy gets it. He's writing it from a place of like understanding as opposed to many of these manuals is just like goddamn nonsense. So I I appreciated that. You know, for a game titled Skate or Die, it does get the vibe really right. You know, like it does it does have an appropriate uh, setting and uh, like, you know, from from the box, it's art itself to the manual to the language in the game, to the feeling of playing these skateboarding events, I feel like it is a pretty complete package from EA slash Konami, whichever one we decided we want to judge. Yeah, uh, especially compared to the the prior rendition that we've seen, which was uh, a joke. So uh, this is leaps and bounds better of a skateboarding simulation. Um that we've seen on this on the NES. You know, I want to tell you guys a story about EA versus Epics versus Atari. Okay? And it all has to do with skate or die. So I hope you're ready for the ride. Okay. Ele- Electronic Arts founder Trip Hawkins. That's his name. Trip Hawkins. That's pretty cool. Uh sounds like was- a skater. Yeah, I think so. He was looking for a way to capitalize off the success of the uh, Epix sports games. I say Epix, Epix, you guys know it's E-P-Y-X, you take your guess. I'm going to say Epix going forward. Anyway, right around the same time that's, uh, that they were looking, that Trip Hawkins was looking for a way to make these Epix style sports games, uh, several Epix programmers and graphic art artists quit over Epix's decision to bring the Atari Corporation to market and manufacture their console project, okay? Epix was working on a console of their own, later known as the Atari Lynx, so I don't know what they were so upset about. Um, <laughs> and the, a bunch of Epix programmers get upset, and they leave, and EA is like, hold on a minute, I'm trying to make a game that's like Epix, why don't I just hire these guys? So he finds out about them leaving, hires them for the purpose of producing a sports series of games for Electronic Arts, and then the um, producer of the game, Don Traeger, who came from Epix, uh, said that he was inspired by the coin-operated skateboarding game from Atari called 720. Uh, 720 okay. is a game that is often compared to Skate or Die, but I think it really just comes from the confusion that this, uh, the 720 coin-op actually like says in spoken word, Skate or Die. <laughs> is like yelled onto the screen. So how can Don Traeger pretend that he was only inspired by 720 when he literally stole the game name from from a phrase inside of that other game? That that sounds fishy to me. The whole thing's a mess and it's it's just the beginning of EA's shady tactics in video games. <laughs> Finally, something substantial for the development uh section of these That wasn't video a games. quote though. That wasn't a quote. No, no quotes, but I think that's a pretty good story because if you think about it, a lot of bad businesses was was done there and nobody nobody sued anybody nobody complained somehow atari wound up making a console out of it 
Got that Wild West. Yep. Anything can happen. And speaking of anything, I do mean anything can happen because this is just the beginning of the Skate or Die series. We have a few sequels and spinoffs, like Ski or Die, the winter version of Skate or Die. Yeah, Ski or Die. It happened. It it happens. There is much less of a rebellious, scrappy, uh, like, characterization of skiing. I think more... I think that's that's more of like a a, a rich boy thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I hear you. I hear you. And we will be playing on the NES Skate or Die Two, the sequel, the sequel, which has nothing uh, in common with Skate or Die One except for name, because it's actually an adventure style game. That's interesting. Wow, I'm I'm down. I'm down yeah. for it. I mean, like maybe they'll fix the controls a little bit. The game itself, I'm interested. Then we have two Game Boy games, Skate or Die, Bad and Rad. I, d- I think you have to say Rad like bad, but I would say it more like Bad and Rad. That's the that same. Sounds the same to me. No, 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 no. Like Bad and Rad and Bad and Rad. So right. just a very slight emphasis on Rad. Yeah, you get it. Uh, in, in this one, it's like a weird action platformer. It's not trying to take the Skate or Die thing from the NES and just port it to Game Boy. We have an action platformer where the player controls an unnamed skateboarder whose quest is to rescue Miss Ariel from the antagonist L. Rad the Evil One. We didn't need a story. We did not need a story. You know they're going to put it in the manual. It's time for a, you know, a skateboard adventure, a proper skateboard adventure. Skate or Die Underground. And then we have, oh, I like that. Skate or Die Underground. That's what we need. Skate or Die Underground 2. (laughs) <laughs> um and then we have skater died toward the thrash uh can we get some just some credit for that title i mean they're really pulling out every stop yeah this uh <laughs> this is the 90s this is peak 90s right now and toward the thrash is more like the original skater die that we are reviewing here today and the only thing i could find on the game otherwise is that it's sponsored by santa cruz skateboards but i can't confirm that i couldn't fi- i don't know why that's on wikipedia but I couldn't find anything else Citation about it being sponsored. Needed. Yeah, it just seemed bizarre. And that's <laughs> that's it for sequels and spinoffs. We were going to get a reboot of Skate or Die back in 2002, which I will link um, to, uh, you know, I'll link in the show notes. But it was going to be on Xbox and PS2. It was going to be made by EA. I think they needed it. Um, but I'm sure EA has a, a Skate series, right? Is it? Are they the ones who make Skate? No. Um, or publish they might. it, or publish they it rather. Might publish. I'm yeah. not sure though. I never played the skate game. Well, Skater Die never came back. Um, but one thing that comes back every single episode—it's just something that we do every episode. It's a little thing called the Essential Games List, where we vote on whether a game is still essential long after it's been released. I mean, this game came out in December of '88, and now in December of 2020, believe it or not. December 25th, that's right, this is our Christmas episode, Uh, we are doing the Essential Games list, ho, ho, ho. Alright guys, it's time for the Essential Games list, Uh, maybe try to be a little merry and bright in in this edition, so Sean, you go first. Uh, Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm I'm very jolly, Uh, this game is... uh, very jolly um i so like i've I'm, i've been 
I've been very kind to this game. Uh, it's definitely more of a skateboarding game than town and country wooden water warriors, but um, it's still. I mean, I, there's no world that this is essential. Uh, the the high, the half pipe freestyle thing is cool. Uh, it, it's basically like playing the lo-fi version of Tony Hawk Pro Skater One, uh, but uh, that's really just three minutes of your time. Like that's all you need. You did it. This game is not essential. Uh, uh, happy holidays. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you just hurt the feelings of, like, anyone who just opened up this game for Christmas, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, and Nostalgia released a new episode all about it. Oh, all right. Yeah, Mom, do you have the gift receipt? Yeah, the gift receipt, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Sam, your turn. My turn. All right, keep it jolly. All right. Uh, so this game has a lot of pep, and I really like that about it. And it's... Uh, it, like, you skate around to get to each event, and that's cool, and it's colorful, and it's vibrant, and the animations look good and everything, but it's just a collection of these janky little minigames that aren't, they don't feel good to play, and it's not fun to play, so um, it's not going to be essential. I would say if they had maybe focused on one or two of these minigames instead and really honed in on the controls, I think maybe we could have had an excellent NES skateboarding game. But where it is right now, I gotta say no. Understood, understood. And that means that it is impossible to get on the essential games list. My advice here is to have yourself a merry little video game. Let your heart delight. But from now on, Skate or Die is not on the Essential Games list. And so we'll have to get along somehow. But have yourself a merry little video game. Maybe something like Super Mario Brothers or Duck Hunt. That's beautiful, Mike. Anyway, to give the real review, though, for a second, if you could rewire your brain so that you could understand five different control schemes on the fly, I feel like this game could be a great game for you and you would totally want it. And then you'd also have to convince yourself that those five different control schemes are, like, worth it, you know? Like, I'm not even saying that, like, the boundary to learn them was too high, so I'm out. I'm saying that you then have to also say, like, oh, this was the right decision. Like, they made the right call here by making the game so different between game modes that uh, that I'm really feeling like I'm earning something by by learning all these different things. It's not going to happen. Don't kill. Don't kid yourself. Don't kill yourself either. But um, you know <laughs> that was weird. I said I said <laughs> don't kill yourself, and then I changed it, and then I had to go back and make well, sure that I said you it. Can't skate. You don't really have a choice. There you go. <laughs> That's the save I was looking for. Yeah. Um. You know. We chose to die tonight, if you think about it. We we chose not to skate ever again. It's not on the Essential Games list, so that means that we'll probably never play it again. We have many more NES games to go through. And uh, we also have, you know, the end, of this, the end of the season coming up. It's the end of the holiday season now that Christmas is here, but it's also the end of 1988 as we know it. There's, there's very few games left, and that means the best of the 88 is right around the corner, folks. Who's excited? <coughs> Okay, that's great. I'm sure the listeners were clapping because I know for a fact several listeners have written into me. At the end of every episode, they clap. 
They just like go to like a standing file, ovation. Like a wave file of them clapping. No, no. It's like, you know, you know, you don't get like when the plane lands in America, only in America, but when the plane lands, everybody claps, right? But nobody yeah. like records that. It's the same thing with nostalgia. We will keep recording episodes though, and we will have a very special New Year's Day episode uh, next week. Featuring Superman. That's right. Uh, just to make it more He's America. He's going to be on the show? He's going to be on the show um, in the sense that we'll be talking about him. Not in the sense that he'll be joining us. Oh. I, I, I feel like he has things to do. And also, like, is Superman powerful at all in the winter if he, like, relies on the power of the sun? Is that a thing? Yeah. Well, yeah the, sun, the sun's still there. It's just a little further away. Colder. I know, go but to, like, like uh, the southern hemisphere in the winter. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's like Superman in Georgia. Like they never show him That's doing not the anything hemisphere. there. <laughs> well, Metro- Metropolis. <laughs> if you look at certain Atlanta, maps, right? Yeah, that that must be what it is. Metropolis not, is based off of Atlanta. It's still not the southern hemisphere. Okay. <laughs> I think if you look at certain world maps, uh, Sam, you'll find in your heart that only America is on those maps. Only America's on the map. The South of America is the southern hemisphere. Fight. Okay. Uh, if anybody wants to fight Sean, uh, write in. That'd his be an adri- interesting thing to write about His address is us. in the show notes. Yeah, his address <laughs> is in the show notes. But also, like, write into our Twitter account, at NostalgiaCast. We're always doing uh, these long post shows, but the end goal is always the same. Write to us. Uh, talk to us. Let us know you're out there. Uh, we need at least one listener each episode. Otherwise, we won't know if anybody's listening. How sad yeah. would that be on Christmas Day and no one's listening? Well, to turn the whole thing off. Yeah. So the best gift you can give nostalgia this holiday season, even though I said it's over, uh, if you wanted to just extend it for a little bit, the best gift you could give is tell a friend about nostalgia. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find nostalgia at NostalgiaCast on Twitter. You can find me at Esposito Film on Twitter. And I'll be talking to you all very soon. <laughs> <laughs>